0: Everything, everything gonna be all
1: right
2: this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
3: Oh, the New Orleans Pelicans got their man. And every other NBA team believed they did so as well. Not that Pelicans got their man, but that they got their own man. Including a bit of a surprise at the top of last night's NBA draft. Good morning, welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parts Third, better known as RP3. Woo, Friday has arrived. June 24th has arrived. We're going to close out the work week with you strong. Coming up on today's show, we have three guests for you. Are they good? You betcha. Are they going to deliver the goods? You know it. Seven o'clock at his regularly scheduled time. James Yasko from the Limit Time Time podcast. And contributor to the Houston Chronicle will join us to talk all things Houston Astros. As Ryan Presley last night, well, just wetted himself. Just absolutely had a meltdown there in the ninth inning as the Strohs choked away a win against the New York Yankees. We're going to talk all things Astros with James Jasko at 7 o'clock, an hour from right now. Two hours from right now, final hour of the show. We're going to talk with Nick Fonno. Get those bets in for the weekend for the College World Series, which is now set the championship round. Stanley Cup Finals and USFL playoffs begin this weekend. And then we're going to talk with Chris Connor from Boot Crew Media. He covers the New Orleans Pelicans. He's going to join us to talk all things Pels in the NBA draft. So those are our three guests, two of them on the back end of today's show. So plenty of time to take your phone calls about whatever you'd like to discuss. Want to talk NBA draft? Gotcha. College World Series? Can take care of it. Astros, Yankees? You betcha. We can take care of all of it. Just give us a holler on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. That's three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. 706 111 But we're going to lead off today's show talking about the NBA draft. Uh, it start, started right off the bat with a surprise. It appeared that Jabari Smith was going to be the number one overall pick, it appeared to be trending that direction. Multiple reports had been coming out the last two to three weeks that that's where Orlando was leaning. And the Magic say, not so fast. Not so fast. They take the Dukey. They take the Duke Blue Devil. And... People were a little taken back by that. Not that the young man, Paulo Banchero, not that he's not talented, because he is. I mean, he did go to Duke. But everyone thought Jabari would have been the guy there at number one. Instead, the Magic select Duke's Paulo Banchero with the number one overall pick. The Oklahoma City Thunder who had a busy evening as they're going through their massive rebuild. They took the Gonzaga center, Chet Holgram, with the second overall pick. And then acquired the 11th pick, Diang, out of France, in a trade with the Knicks, and also took Santa Clara's Jalen Williams at number 12. Because the Thunder had two lottery picks already. And then they were able to pull a trade with the Knicks, which made number one Knicks fan Stephen A. Smith have a breakdown on live television. Which, that is worth it for me. That's, that's absolutely worth it. So the Thunder wheel and deal and get themselves three lottery picks. That mean Auburn Ford, Jabari Smith Jr. fell to number three to the Rockets. Man, I, that's great for them. They went through the massive rebuild themselves, just like Oklahoma City's doing, post-James Harden. They drafted a lot of young guys last year, played a lot of them. They weren't very good. They have potential, but they're a very young team. They get Jabari Smith. He just falls to them at number three. Once again, Smith had been expected to be the top selection. But the Magic turned things upside down by taking Banchero. So Orlando takes the Duke forward at one. Oklahoma City takes Chet Holgram out of Gonzaga at three. Jabari Smith Jr. out of Auburn, who was supposed to be the number one overall pick, falls to three. And if you're a Rockets fan, you're thrilled. Sacramento takes Keegan Murray out of Iowa. and The reason why I bring up what the SAC town did. Because it's worth noting. Because Sacramento has struggled. When it comes to drafting talent. And they showed this last night during the draft coverage. And if you didn't see it, let me share it with you, if you will. Notable Kings lottery picks in recent years. Last 10 years. In 2011, they took Jimmer Fredette at number 10 overall. Klay Thompson was taken one spot behind him at number 11. Klay Thompson who's going on to win four world championships. Jimmer, I don't even believe, is in the league. Hasn't been in for a while. Clay becomes a Splash Brother. Wins four titles. Multiple All-Star. There you go. The very next year, Sacramento takes Robinson at number five. The player selected right behind him, Damian Lillard at number six to Portland. Perennial All-Star Playoff hero, all-NBA player. 2018, the Kings selected Marvin Bagley III with the number two overall pick. That's what they went with. Yep, that's what they went with. The very next pick was Luka for the Mavericks, taken at three. So Sacktown took the big Ford, Keegan Murray, out of Iowa at four. Eh. We'll see. I like Murray, but anytime a player gets drafted by Sacramento, you just cringe and you go, oh, no, no, four. Poor. Poor player. You have no idea that your career is about to come to a brutal and antagonizing end. Detroit gets a good player. I like this pick for the Pistons. uh, Guard Jaden Ivey out of Purdue at number five overall. Indiana at six takes Mathernan, who a lot of Pelicans fans wanted to see fall to them. The Young man out of Arizona. Then Portland opens up the door because they took Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky, the guard, and a guy that the Pelicans really liked fell to them, guard Dyson Daniels, big guard too. He's like six foot five. He's a big fella out of Australia. So they got their foreign big guard that falls to them at eight. Unbelievable. The Knicks apparently decided to trade Their player, their draft at number 11, which ended up going to Oklahoma City. And they also traded Kimball Walker to the Pistons in a three team trade so they could clear up all this salary cap space. So they didn't take a lottery pick and they traded Kimball Walker away. Thus, the reaction by Stephen A. Smith on television. And there was also behind-the-scenes video that was shared of Spike Lee coming onto the set and trying to console him. The Pistons had been making moves. That's a couple of trades that they've done around the draft, plus they drafted well. But apparently the reports are that the Knicks are trying to free up space to go after Brunson and Dallas, who may not even sign with them. Oh, don't you ever change. Don't you ever change New York. (laughs) Just, just never, just like, come on, man. Dyson Daniels for the Pelicans, six, I'm sorry, I misspoke. I thought he was six foot four, six foot five. He's actually, wait for it, six foot eight. Apparently, the Pelicans are going to go with the most massive lineup they can possibly put on the court at the same time. Six-foot-eight guard from Australia. Now, he's going to be known to be playing defense. I've seen some earlier reports say that Daniels may not exactly be their starting guard, but they'll be somebody that can be off the coming off the bench in that first wave. Christian Clark was reporting this last night. Said in Trajan Langdon, part of the Pells front office, obviously. Said the Pelicans' war room exploded when the Trailblazers took Shaden Sharp at seven. New Portland had interest in both Sharp and Daniels. Then they also drafted E.J. Liddell in the second round. Christian Clark's reporting that the Pells had a first round grade on him yet he fell to last night's second round. He said Trajan Langdon, quote, we didn't think EJ was going to be there at 41 at all. That was a huge get. So, young fella out of Ohio State, by the way, is fairly large. Six foot seven, 240 pound wing. Took him number 41 overall. So with Liddell and Dyson Daniels, 15 roster spots were filled. We'll wait to see how offseason shakes out to see what kind of deal Liddell can get. So they filled all their roster spots by drafting their lottery pick. So they're going, to find, they're going to have to find a roster spot for the young man at Ohio State. I've said this before. I thought they would have pushed Jackson Hayes or Devontae Graham during the draft now they're definitely going to do it just post-draft and just get whatever they can for Devontae Graham to free up a roster spot. And if they get somebody that wants to be a taker for Jackson Hayes, they could do that as well. So Pels feel like they had a good night at the draft. The guy that fell to them, they got a guy that fell to them, perfect for them. Now, Dyson Daniels, he also comes from the G League. He's from Australia, but he also has gotten necessary playing time in the G League. And Dyson talked about how that experience was immensely helpful.
4: G League was huge for me. You know, just learning to play the NBA type style of play. You know, coming from Australia, to a, a lot faster pace. So learning to play at that pace. And on our team, we had very good veterans, very good players, and a great coaching staff that I was able to learn off. And and you know, as the season went on, I just kept getting better and better. Um, learning off those guys and you know, towards the end of the season I'll show you a little bit of everything I can do. But the G League was like, you know, really helpful for me in getting me to, you know, where I am today. He also
3: was gonna bring a level of toughness. He's a big kid. He's got good ball skills playing guard. But he's also tough as nails because growing up in Australia he played rugby, ha, okay. I and mean, rugby is a whole nother level. It's a whole nother mentality that you have to have to play that sport. And uh, he was asked how much that helped him in his development as a basketball player.
4: Yeah, I played uh, AFL football growing up, so that's a contact sport, a physical sport, and um, I think that helps me on the basketball court with my physicality. And, and just being able to read the game because you got to read the play playing football. So it's um, definitely helped me and. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I played every sport I could, but man, to be in this position today, it's just a blessing for real.
3: What's his role going to be on the team? That is a question mark. Is he going to be a bench guy? Are they going to bring him in for defensive purposes? What does he believe his role is going to be on the New Orleans Pelicans?
4: My role as a player, you know, I can fit in so many different positions. You know, I love to defend. You know, I love to, you know, play, make for my teammates. And best of all, I'm a winner. So, you know, I do what it takes to win. And, you know, I think that's something that the Pels are doing now is winning games. And I think I can step on the floor straight away and contribute in so many different ways because I can, you know, I'm a versatile player. can play different positions. But, you know, my main strength is on the defensive end. And, you know, I love to defend, love to, you know, get deflection, get steals and, you know, play with high energy.
3: And He's thrilled. Absolutely thrilled to be a member of what the New Orleans Pelicans, to be a member of the Pelicans and to be a uh, part of what they're trying to build, what they're trying to build upon from this last season.
4: Man, when I heard my name called, my, my heart just dropped. Like, I'm just so happy, you know, I heard that my name called. And to be a Pelican, man, there's no better place. So, you know, I can't wait to get to work. And, yeah, like, this is crazy, for real.
3: So, they got the big fella that's, he's a guard. He's like six foot seven, six foot eight. Grew up playing rugby. Hannah needs to calm down. She loves that accent. Thankfully, Kenneth is still asleep. Um, he doesn't need to know about that. <laughs> but Pels, they get their guy. They get their guy. And the Dyson Daniels from Australia. Came in through the G League, played for Ignite. And he's going to be able to contribute. Also, I like Houston's draft, especially especially round one. They take Jabari Smith out of Auburn, number three overall. And they take Eason out of LSU at 17. It's all about those guys are long. That's a lot of length to put on the court, so you see what Houston's trying to do. Last year, they drafted a ton. This year, they got two great guys who they hope will be great. Rather, they're in the first round. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company, though, coming up. Houston Astros right there. About to take game one of that series against the Yankees until Ryan Presley had a meltdown of epic proportions. We'll recap it for you coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: P3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets.
3: But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a three dollar bet that netted me a cool six dollars and seventy
2: cents. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. Nineteen,
5: hit me. Twenty, hit me. Twenty-one, hit me. Twenty-two. Don't! Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game.
2: 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports Sports Station.
3: station. Oh, them Astros. You know, Ryan Presley is a very good relief pitcher. He's a very good closer. But there are moments where he has these meltdowns, and they are just fabulous type of meltdowns. Fantastic, if you will. You witness them and you go, what's he doing? Is he really doing that? He'll be really, really, really good. And then he'll have a Mark Roller's mental breakdown moment where you just go, oh, my man. And it occurred last night in the opening game of their four game set in the Bronx against the New York Yankees, Astros jump out early. Alex Bregman got himself a three run home run right there in the first inning. Altuve gets hit by a pitch. Brantley gets on base, and then Breggs hits the three run brass. And you know, he struggled. And he was looking to become uh, get win number nine for them, for the Yankees. Strohs get to him early, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Three-run jack by Bregman, who continues to kind of, appears to have turned a corner. And they're up three to nothing. And you're thinking, hey, they're on their way. Then in the bottom of the first, Giancarlo Stanton does what he's always done his entire career, and that's hit long home runs. Scoring Lemayhew and Aaron Judge. Those are the only three runs that Framer Valdez would give up in the game. Heck, he only gave up two hits. But the first inning featured a pair of three-run home runs. The Astros respond. In the third, another three-run home run. This time by Jordan Alvarez. Scores Altuve and Bregman. Astros are up 6-3. to That's when you know weird things are happening because each team, it's three-run home run, three-run home run, three-run home run. (laughs) You're like, what? What's going on? And then it happened again. Things settled down. After the trio of three run home runs to start things off. Neither team can get anything going. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. And the Astros go to the bottom of the ninth with a 6-3 advantage. Three run lead. And even though Framer had gotten roughed up with the three-run jack earlier, like I said, he settled down six strong innings. Only three runs, two hits, struck out seven. Montero comes in. He gets an inning. Narris came in before that, got an inning. Clean baseball. No hits. They're rocking and rolling. Astro fans are happy. Kevin Foote is happy. And Ryan Presley comes into the game. The closer, the man who's expected to shut the door. And what does he do? He gives up three hits, four runs, and two walks. In a third of an inning. Those who don't know the reference, the young folks, that's a Mark Wohler's meltdown. Former Atlanta Brave closer back in the day in the 90s he helped him win a world series championship and then he had a mental breakdown and just continued just to have meltdowns on the mound coming into games going oh well mark blow it? Yep, there it is our fourth three-run home run of the game occurs in the ninth inning in the ninth inning Presley was awful, just awful. Hicks crushes it more than 410 feet. Standing Torres score. And then Judge, who's battling your Nalvarez, that's your gonna be your race more than likely for most valuable player this year. He comes in and drops the game winning single in the bottom of the ninth. Seven six win for the Yankees. Credit New York and credit their lineup. They were down by three runs. This is why they're the best team in baseball. They were down by three runs in the ninth inning, and it was not a problem for them. They ended up scoring four to win the game. That lineup is filthy, and the pitching staff was able to settle down. So I want to make sure the pinstripers get the credit they deserve. But Ryan Presley just melted inside Yankee Stadium. Just absolutely had a melt. That is epic meltdown by a relief pitcher. Now, it happens. It happens. It happens to all of them. You can't find a closer that hasn't had one of those games where they just go, uh, even guys in the Hall of Fame had terrible outings. Dusty Baker admitted afterwards, the Astros skipper, that how things went down there in the Bronx, that's a really hard way, a difficult way, if you will, to lose a game.
0: probably did, but, you know, we got to go back-to-back at some point in time. I'm sure Press, you know, he's not the guy to make excuses. You know, he's been so good. Our bullpen's been so good, you know, all year. And, uh... This thing started unraveling, and then uh, we couldn't put it back. And uh, it was a tough one to lose, especially here because we played such a good game tonight. And I've uh, got some guys uh, that swung a whole lot better. The guys are getting better. So, um, well, it's a tough one to swallow, but it's baseball you got to swallow, and, uh, whether you like it or not. So we just got to come back tomorrow and beat uh, it tomorrow and score, and score more.
3: So he takes out Presley, and he brings in Stanek. Now, Stanek is able to get an out, but Stanek also walks a batter. It's like the bad juju from Ryan Presley. Like when, when, when he gave the ball, when Presley had to give the ball, coming off the mound, and then the ball got passed to Stanek, who came into the game out of the bullpen. It's as if some of the bad juju was still left on the ball. <laughs> because you're just like, oh, man, and Dusty was asked about that. Was there any second-guessing there? Because he brings in Stanek to re- relieve Presley, and of course Judge hits the game-winning hit.
0: No, not really. No, I didn't have any shit. I'd done that, and the next guy gets a hit, you'd have been second-guessing me like Tony Russo I don't so. No, that, that, that. and, you know, everybody in the ballpark knew he was swinging. I mean, he could have popped it up or hit it too.
3: Uh. Look, Aaron Judge did what he's supposed to do. He's an MVP candidate, contract here, by the way. Arbitration hearing is today. So he'll have a little bit more uh, pep in his step going into that. But this is what Judge does. So... Astros' bullpen has a meltdown. They lose 7-6. to six. I will say this in fairness to Presley before we hit our timeout. He had allowed just four earned runs in 15 and a third innings of work since coming off the IL in early May. So as soon as he came off the injured list, he'd been very, very, very good. So your concern will be closers tend to be like kickers in football they tend to be a little bit of head cases so you're hopeful that he can bounce back and uh, regain that form sooner than later because if it carries over then you're going to have a bigger issue but he's been absolutely you know he's been really good since coming off the IL in May he just had a bad inning of work. Strohs, Yankees will get after it again this evening. 6'10 first pitch. Astro launch will begin at 535 with Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. You can listen to it, of course, live right here on the game. This is RP3 and company. We got to take a timeout. We'll talk more baseball when we come back. How about some College World Series? The championship series is now set. You're listening to the game. 103.7 Lafayette, One zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 24th, 1947. Future Baseball Hall of Fame infielder Jackie Robinson steals home plate for the first of 19 times in his career as the Brooklyn Dodgers beat the Pittsburgh Pirates Four to two. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
3: Oh, the game clubhouse at 1037theGame.com or 1041TheGame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club. You're going to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou. Get your steak on. Woo! They're going to make it just the way you like it. Great sides, dope beverages, even have a cigar room down there that you can enjoy. You can also win a $50 gift certificate to Half-Shell Oyster House. That's right, $50 gift certificate to Half-Shell Oyster House fresh gulf seafood or you know what you want something a little bit more cash you want to go down to cypress bayou spend a little money win a little money don't want to get too fancy with it how about a 25 dollar gift certificate to mabel's kitchen some great comfort food there but you can only score those great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com it's free it's simple so go sign up today College World Series. Oh, hotty toddy got it done, didn't they? Oklahoma had already punched their ticket to the championship round of the College World Series, which begins Saturday. Championship round does. It'll be Saturday, Sunday, and if needed, Monday. Best two of three. Oklahoma rolls right along. They were waiting the winner to see which SEC West team they were going to have to face. And then Delucia went out there for Ole Miss and was absolutely phenomenal. Ridiculous how well he pitched. Throws a shutout as Ole Miss grinds out a win against Arkansas, two to nothing. They will now face Oklahoma in the best three of title bout that begins Saturday night, seven o'clock Eastern, six Central. Remember, Ole Miss at the midseason point looked like the worst team in the SEC West. It looked like Mike Bianco, the former LSU star catcher back in the day for Skip Burtman, was going to be fired after 22 years of service as the skipper of the Rebels. Yet here they are, two wins away now. Two from winning a national championship baseball man that you gotta love baseball because baseball allows you the time to turn things around if you in the national football league if you lose three games in a row you could very well damage your season you have a bad month in the nfl you may not be a playoff team in baseball college or the show that's not the case. Look at the Braves last year. Under 500 by the All Star break. Best team in baseball afterwards wins the World Series. And look at Ole Miss. There's talks of them firing their coach. They were one of the worst teams in the SEC, period. Here they are, two wins away from winning a national title. Unbelievable. And it was exciting games between Arkansas and Ole Miss, right? The other 11 games of the eight-team College World Series didn't really produce a lot of drama, did it? A lot of one-sided affairs, a lot of lopsided games that we got to experience. Four or five-run decisions. Ole Miss and Arkansas, the two games they had to play on Wednesday and Thursday were great. Great. A one-run game and a two-run game. Dylan Delusio was phenomenal. He improved to 8-2 on the season, tossed the complete game shutout with seven strikeouts and only gave up four hits. Now, look, Arkansas starter Connor Nolan was phenomenal. He was, I mean, he put on a show himself. Scattered seven hits over eight innings. <clears throat> but two of those hits were hard-hit grounders that found their way through the infield, drove in one run each, and that was enough for the Rebels to win the game. Delucia is the first SEC pitcher to throw a shutout in the College World Series since LSU's Brett Laxton did it in the 1993 championship game against Wichita State. I'll say it again. Dylan's shutout is the first in the College World Series since LSU's Brett Langston performed the feat in the 1993 championship game against Wichita State. It doesn't happen often, and it doesn't happen often for SEC pitchers. So now Ole Miss will move on. They'll get a couple – they'll get a a day of rest – Will they be able to throw Dylan again? Maybe, maybe, maybe if there's a winner-take-all game on Monday. Probably more than likely going to be utilized out of the bullpen. But this feels like it's going to be a tremendous College World Series championship series. Oklahoma looks like a team of destiny. Ole Miss... The final team to get into the NCAA bracket. They were the last team. And there was some debate whether or not they deserved to even be in there. Here they are. Two wins away from winning a national championship. Oklahoma, Ole Miss. Going to battle it out starting Saturday night there in Omaha for the national championship. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on, Martin, to the show. Martin, good morning, brother. What's on your mind, bud?
6: Okay, first, I want the real bald and beautiful back in studio. Give the Yankees some respect. What you talking about, bald and beautiful? Give the Yankees respect. Win the World Series, then I'll get them maybe a little bit of respect. But as far as right now, they have the. Why? Time, 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 time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Martin. Martin, Martin. Martin.
3: Martin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. You, you okay. don't like the Yankees. The Yankees are the best team in baseball right now. They're not the Mariners in April. You, so wait, you got to stop with that. You, you got to stop with that. They're going to be a playoff team. They're more than likely going to win the AL East and be playing for the championship series. So you got to stop with that, bud. Okay? You Come on now.
6: You, You said it right, though. <clears throat> you said right now. But we still got a half of a season left left the play they won
3: 51 games got, how can you not say that they're the best team in baseball right now
6: right now yes but are they gonna be the best the hottest team going into the playoffs come October. The,
3: time out time out the I best probably, team martin martin the best team during the regular season very rarely ever wins the championship regardless exactly. of what sport so- it is okay so exactly. that's that's so a discussion that's why I'm for saying the Yankee but, but Martin but Martin, so you so you want me for the rest of the summer not to give the other team credit for coming back and winning a game against one of the top three teams in Major League Baseball If it was Boston sure. that had done that last night, you would want me to do that. Come on now.
6: Because I want you to join the Boston
3: Red Sox bandwagon. Uh, I'm not bandwagon. joining you the Boston Red Sox bandwagon. That's not. That's not happening, Bud. That's
6: not never going to happen. Never <laughs> going to happen. You didn't. You didn't sign one of Paul's uh, little forms, did
3: you? As I told Paul at the birthday bash, Martin, he when he gave me, I says, I'm not. I, I put the paper right back on the table. I says, first of all, we helped launch your dynasty in 1996 when we choked away that World Series lead. Okay, so I'm not signing any piece of paper. Look, I don't like the Yankees, but I respect them. Okay, got to respect yes, the history. Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio, Mantle, okay, Whitey Ford, Munson. They have, you can't tell the story of Major League Baseball without the Yankees. Okay, so yes, I respect them. And look, right now, they're playing like the best team in baseball. Will that happen when it becomes October? That's the big question nope. mark for particularly them being skippered by Boone, who I don't necessarily have a ton of faith in, okay, just personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's the right guy to be the skipper for the Yankees. And that's a very, yes, very tough job, and you have to be built a certain way to be able to handle that job. So that could be a discussion yes, for later, for later. Bud. But yeah, I, I, look, I know you hate the Yankees, but I, I got to give them credit where credit's due, brother. I mean, I got to.
6: Okay, I'll let you slide this one down. <laughs> okay, and reply real quick, real quick. Replying to Salty Steve yesterday, we uh, we, we don't have a tower in the middle of the, the Henderson Swamp. It's in the middle of Bayou Tick because I'm from Iraq. So, and if I'm playing the You Can Do It guy, he's playing the, uh, you know, the fan that says, uh, that's the best thing since Joe Montana. You know what you got I'm talking about, the ball guy? Yes. The fan, he's. Yeah, that's who. That's who Steve uh, Saltie uh is gonna play. I'm a, but anyway, uh, y'all
3: two, y'all too are ridiculous. Mart, have a great weekend, brother. Okay.
6: Have a great <laughs> weekend and go Red Sox. And uh, the Yankees are gonna crash and burn.
3: Goodbye. Are we gonna have to hold a summit? Is five names and yours truly gonna have to hold a summit to bring? To, to, to sign some type of peace accord between salty steve and martin but see it's so difficult because martin is a red Sox fan and steve is a yankees fan they're not going to see eye to eye they hate each other just based on what fans you know what teams they root for it may be the greatest thing i've ever accomplished in my career getting them to come to a table food would have to be involved Going to start making some plans there. Some type of summit for Martin and Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Got to take a timeout. Martin didn't want me to say anything nice about the Yankees. My man was like, no, no, no. Spoken like a true Red Sox fan. (laughs) Got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up hour number one. We'll unveil the poll question of the day. That's all coming up next right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the best local sports stock in Southwest Louisiana. Okay.
3: whole question of the day who will win the college world series it's now said oklahoma versus old miss action will begin on saturday saturday night right now 53 percent of you say oklahoma 47 percent say old miss brad says correct lagson struck out 16 batters and a three-hit shutout got at least 1k against every player in their lineup someone tied it but I believe it's still a championship game record. LSU won that game 8 to nothing. People forget that Wichita State was good back in the day in baseball. JPK, the OD, says, Ole Miss all the way. What a pitching performance and defensive gym last night. Unlike what those Strohs did, I'm really going to have to be somewhere else for the first hour of footer show. Poor Hannah. <laughs> John Paul Cajun Daddy says, My pick of Ole Miss is more of a hope than an SEC team will win. Then Ole Miss will actually win. Good morning. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. It's a straight-up one. Who's going to win the College World Series? Oklahoma? Ole Miss? That's going to do it for hour number one. Hour number two, we're going to kick it off talking about those Astros that had a meltdown inside Yankee Stadium last night when James Yasko joins us from the Lima Lima Time Time podcast. That's next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Everything going to be all right
1: this
2: morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
3: Welcome back. Our number two has arrived on this Friday edition of rp3 and company Whew. we covered a lot of ground in hour number one talked nba draft it occurred orlando magic made a surprise went with the young man from duke instead of jabari smith out of auburn jabari falls to number three to houston the rockets would later on take eason out of lsu later in the first round pelicans meanwhile They take the big fella, the big guard from Australia who played in the G League to help develop his game. So they got themselves a big, lengthy guard to add to the mix, and then they added a few pieces there in the second round as well. We'll talk more about the NBA draft and what the Pelicans did when Chris Connor joins us from Boot Crew Media at 8.30 today. We also talked about The College World Series championship is now set. Oklahoma versus Ole Miss. They're going to be battling out starting on Saturday. They're in Omaha. Best two out of three. Can the state of Mississippi have back-to-back national champions in baseball? Or can Oklahoma do something that's never been done before where the baseball and softball program at the same school wins national titles in the same season? It's never been done before. We'll see what happens starting this weekend. And, of course, we also touched on the Houston Astros in a game that featured four three-run home runs, (laughs) two apiece for each team, but also featured an epic meltdown by Ryan Presley, like Mark Wohler's-esque type of meltdown on the mound. Astros fall, blow a three-run lead, and give up four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Open up their series against the New York Yankees. To talk more about the Stros, talk more about Alex Bregman, who seemingly has turned a corner. Is our good friend from the Limit Time time Podcast and Houston Chronicle contributor James Yasko joins us now on RP Three and Company. James, good morning to you, brother. How are you this morning, man? After a tough loss.
7: Oh, yeah. It's fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's really fine. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right. So okay. So walk me through it you're watching this game last night and it's a weird game because three run jack then a three run jack and a three run jack and a three run. so each team had two three run home runs in this ball game which in itself is weird but you're there in the ninth inning you have a three run lead you bring in presley who's been really really good ever since coming back from the il in may He's only given up four earned runs in like 15 and a third innings of work. What's going through your brain? Oh, they're going to close the door, going to start off this series with a win, right?
7: I mean, yeah, that's the, you know, any, any time you get a couple of three run home runs from, from Bregman and Alvarez, you know, you've, the, the, the last, well, the, the entire season so far would indicate that, oh, it's going to be fine because the pitching staff is, is absolutely legit. Um, but you know there, there's it's still the Yankees uh you know the, yeah they've they've played the Orioles uh you know 78 times in their first 65 games and and but, but they're still you know they, they, their record's really good they're a good team uh so you know when when uh, I can't remember who walked who who walked to lead off the bottom of the ninth for the Yankees uh Stanton I guess and then and then Torres you know gets to a three2 count and then takes like a what what an hour and a half uh, you know, plate visit to put eye drops in his eye and, and with, a, with a count full. Uh, and then to, to ask Presley, who's who had a hard time finding the well, he had a hard time finding the zone until he threw a meatball uh, up there to to, and, and to to tie the game up to Higgs. Um, but, but, you know, when they when they get the first two guys on, you know, you're like, this doesn't feel great. Like it would have been, you know, one, two, three inning would have been great, but, but still like, as you said, Presley has been good. Everyone's allowed to have a bad game. We've let Bregman, you know, have a bad two months. Uh, You you can, you can have a bad game.
3: I agree with that. And Presley, if you look at his career, right, here's a guy that's a very good closer, very good relief pitcher who has these games, these random games where he just wets himself and has a meltdown on the mound. It, it and it happens seemingly every season. There's like one game where you just go, "What?
7: What?" That was the Presley game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a Presley game. You're like, oh, there's that 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 fractured psyche of a closer that sometimes they just go out there and they just have just just lose their ability to do anything properly. It's a tough way to lose a game. Dusty Baker even talked about it afterwards. You're getting, you know, Bregman getting hot. You get enough run production. Framer even settled down after giving up the three-run jack, right? He pitched well and he gave up two hits in the game. To to lose it that way, this is a veteran squad, though. They should be able to bounce back because if they don't, the Yankees could easily take this four-game series.
7: Oh yeah, no, they, they can. And, and, but, but you're, what you said is exactly right. Like that they're, you know, the losing a game in, in, in the Bronx, you know, the, the Astros have done that before. And, um, and, and, you know, it was sort of making the rounds on Twitter that whichever team loses this series is just going to say, wait till October. And the other team, whoever went the fans of the team that's that wins the series is going to be like, yeah, we, we knew y'all were frauds. um so no no one's mind is going to be changed by whatever happens because it is, you know, it's, it's, and I said this last night, like there, there aren't that many good teams in the American league. Uh, That wasn't my favorite game of all time, but, but it was, it was nice to to have a game where you can kind of a measuring stick series. There aren't, there haven't been that many uh, for, for, for either team, you know, to this point in the season. So it's fun to have a, to have a, a series that's you know in june that that has a little bit of ambiance to it that that's got that's got some environment that that you can you can sort of get jazzed up about so no it, they 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 did what they had to do you know i mean you, you held the yankees uh who who mlb will will never fail to remind you has already won 50 games um they, they held them two hits over like eight eight and a half innings like the it, it's the outcome does not does not fit how the Astros performed last night.
3: So how do you bounce back today? I mean, I, I guess that's the question because you did such a masterful job with the pitching until the bullpen just wet it wet itself. So Isn't it Verlander, it's Isn't Verla- it Verlander today. Yeah, I believe it's Verlander today. So that helps, right? He's not going to be intimidated pitching in in Yankee Stadium. So
7: perfect, perfect game incoming
3: perfect game incoming yes it's 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 for the love of the game starting Kevin costner come to life um <laughs> <laughs> what's what gonna be is it, yeah. so I do um look I I thought I said this before Yankees and the Astros are the two best teams in the American League and then there's a big do- drop off to everyone else right and, and and that's no offense to all those other teams but Boston is trying to find its way Toronto is trying to find its way. Cleveland and Chicago in the Central, okay, but no one's intimidated by them. And the rest of the AL West is garbage. So right. it's very it's become abundantly clear that it's the Yankees and the Astros and then everyone else, right? There's a big drop-off there. You This very much feels like a preview of the ALCS to me, and I know it's early and it's only June 24th, James, but this is a key as you mentioned four game series it's a measuring stick series but at the end of the day if the astros lose 3 or 4 or split or whatever it might be it's still june 24th
7: it's it's still june 24th and and you still have the trade deadline ahead of you uh and so you know the the the, the bullpen has been has, has been pretty solid to this point Starting pitching has been good and and you know Lance McCullers is on his way back. Uh but it, it does it, it does mean that if 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 the Astros get absolutely slapped around the next three games, which is possible, uh then then you've still got the trade deadline coming up and you can address some of the issues that you saw. Um just because like, you know, the I'm I'm it, I'm I'm sort of tired and, and I, I became tired basically once like twenty 2016 2017 hit you know i was i was tired of winning the you know the the farm system of the year award from Fangraphs or from baseball perspectives or or whatever you know the the it's about winning winning world series and so you know not that anyone's going to give the the astros farm system you know a, an award but it, it's i think it's better than a lot of people think it is but but it w- what this does is this gives james click in the front office sort of you know, a, kind of a month lead time to address some of the issues that get exposed. Like center field is a, is a, is a black hole right now. Uh, Jose Siri, a lot of, a lot of flair, a lot of flash. I, 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 I love his energy. He's not getting it done. Um, you know, catcher, I, we've, we've talked about that a lot, but you know, the, there are, there are some, there are some holes in the team that if they get exposed even further, there's time to address that in advance of October because October you know is, is we're getting to the point where we're barring a, a historic collapse the Astros are going to be right there
3: is first base an issue that needs to be addressed yes or no uh, yeah I, it, it's, it's a tough question i know it's a tough it's, question because you love Yuli, and i understand Astros fans love him and the, the glove work is still there okay but the, the man's batting below 220
7: It's going to be a big, did they, is the trade deadline still July 31st? Did Rob Manfred make it 20 minutes before the first game of the postseason? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't remember when the trade deadline is, but it's however, however long from now until the trade deadline, Yuli needs to, needs to pick it up, needs to turn it around. uh, And, you know, and, and we've, we even talked about how, look, don't, don't expect Yuli Gurriel to win a batting title again. Like that was all. That was all babip and luck and all that last year. Um, so he's he's not a three twenty hitter, but he's also not a two twenty hitter. Uh, mm-hmm. so he needs to get more in the two seventy two eighty range with really good defense at first base uh, and and just sort of you know to kind of save his save his job. but that that's a really tough question. I,
3: I, and I don't think they're ready to to make that, right? I, I don't think they're ready to to answer that and he's earned the right to be able to get out of the slump. But they are going to have to make a decision there, I believe, because you you can't have another guy in that lineup who's last year's batting champion hit just as well as your catcher Martin Maldonado who can't hit at all. Right? <laughs> I, I, I that's you can't have two of the guys in the starting lineup not be able to hit. You just you just can't have it. So you can absorb you know, Martin not being able to hit, but Yuli, ah, you know. Now, that leads me to my next question. Patience is key here because look what's going on with Alex Bregman who all of a sudden the last six, seven games, but really the last five to six games, sure has seemed to turn a corner and has figured it out.
7: Yeah, no, I mean, and, and you know, there were, there were people – uh, and, and Twitter, Twitter is essentially an online insane asylum like that. I mean, let's let's be clear about what. Twitter, but there are there are people. <laughs> this is correct. There are people uh, calling for for Bregman to get sent to Sugarland uh, and let him figure some something like he, he said Bregman to Sugarland. Like, I got to demote Bregman. Um, but like, you know, he, he had been saying for a long time, and I think a, a, a lot of people and, and I wrote a thing about how he was struggling and and he kind of needs to figure it out. Um, sometimes the pace, the patience is rewarded. Now it's, it's different with Bregman who by this point is what, 27, 27 years old. And Yuli who is 38, like that, that's a pretty, that's a pretty wide gap.
3: Allegedly, um, 38 we'll go with, but continue, yes.
7: Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just,
3: I was just I mean, saying, it, 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 it could be the Julio Franco birth certificate academy, but continue.
7: <laughs> so I'm, I'm 42, and he looks way better than me, so maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there is there is a certain amount of, of leeway that you're given when you when you are in the middle of a $100 million extension. Uh, and when when you're in maybe a, a, a you know a, a two year extension and you're 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 pushing forty, so um, I don't know how much on the line Guriel's job is, but but it it would answer all, it it would it would probably be one of James Click's favorite things of the season for him to figure it out sooner than later.
3: We're talking with James Yasko, co-host of the Limit Time Time podcast, also contributor to the Houston Chronicle joins us here on rp3 and company all right let's go bigger picture here and just just not astros because obviously they're one of the best teams when you look at the landscape right now as we wrap up the month of june what's been the biggest surprise for you james is it the fact that we look like we're going to have probably half a dozen teams win 100 games and then another half probably lose 100 games because it sure does seem like there there's a wide divide to me or is it something else that stands out to you
7: no, I mean, that's, that's probably, uh, yeah, that, that, that you look across, across baseball and, you know, t- teams had, had tanked before, you know, he obviously had, had tanked before Houston sort of cornered the market on, on how to, how to speed up a rebuild. Um, it's just that the, there, there are, it's kind of like what we said at the, at the beginning, that the, there are a handful of teams uh, that are that are really good and, and literally a handful. I mean, we're talking about there's maybe six good teams uh, in in Major League Baseball right now, and everyone else is just in some sort of phase of a rebuild. Uh, and you know, when, when you're looking at, at at the the Rangers, you know, looking at, at a possible playoff spot, you're like, this can't this can't be right. And and I'm not I'm not gonna fault a team uh, for. For for sort of following the Astros, you know, playbook and and you know you get rid of of anyone who might be overpaid or or uh, if someone's willing to overvalue you know one of your assets and give you you know give you a bunch of minor leaguers, um, you know what whatever you know if but but I it's. It's also worth noting that that what the Astros did was not guaranteed to work out. You know, the, the Astros have famously had three number one overall picks in a row and two of them absolutely did not work out, you know, that it was, it, and, and you know, it, and then, you know, you're talking about 0.0 television ratings, you know, in the, in the middle of one season. Um, it's, it's not as though the, what the Astros did is a, is a guarantee of success. Yeah. It, 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 your chances get better. Uh, you know with when you with the more younger players that you have and the better position of in the draft that you have um but it, it's it's just it just feels you know super risky for for other teams to be like well look at the Astros that's what we need to do because the the success was not in under any circumstance guaranteed
3: you know what is guaranteed james do you Your have any idea it
7: starts in a week
3: what would you say
7: the Tour de France starts in a week. That's guaranteed.
3: <laughs> You're guaranteed to deliver the goods on Friday mornings here on RP3 and Company. Thank you, bud.
7: Hey, and I'm, I'm sure next week we're going to get to all these massive like Premier League rumors. Uh, oh,
3: absolutely. All kind of Tune in. Tune in next week for some Premier League action <laughs> on, <laughs> on RP3 and Company. Brother, enjoy your weekend, my friend. Hey, have a good one. <laughs> James Yasko from the Lehman Time Time podcast. Oh, man, we ran out of time about Premier League conversation. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. We'll get to that soccer talk eventually. Yeah, yeah. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the best local sports talk in southwest Louisiana.
3: Rescue Fest is tomorrow, folks, Saturday, and it's for a great cause. It's going to be held at Park International. It's a day of live music featuring the Sarah Russo Band, Jet 7, Layla Laverne, Hunter Corville, and Cam Nelson. Look, there's going to be plenty of food, games, and there's even going to be a raffle. So live music, food, games, raffle. What more could you ask for? Come out, beat the heat at Park International for Rescue Fest. And here's the thing, Rescue Fest is is a fundraiser for the Rescue Group of Acadiana. That's Rescue, Y-O-U, Group of Acadiana. Now, look, this is an organization that provides financial and emotional assistance to grieving families of child loss. Great organization. They do difficult work, needed work. They go above and beyond. And, look, you can help them out with the work that they're doing in our community by buying tickets to go attend Rescue Fest this saturday go to eventbrite or simply visit rescuegroup.org that's rescuegroup.org to buy your tickets to rescue fest which is tomorrow at park international let's check in on the poll question of the day here and let's see what we got here we asked you who's going to win the college world series a straight up poll question it's now been set oklahoma Ole Miss. Going to begin Saturday night there in Omaha. Best two out of three series. Can Oklahoma make history by becoming the first program, first college rather, to have the national champion in softball and baseball in the same season? That's never been done before. Boomer Sooner softball team already won the national title. Can Oklahoma baseball team do it as well. And they're playing in their championship game, national championship game, for the first time since, uh, since I believe, 1994. The other side, Ole Miss. Their team, that looked like they were going to fire their head coach, a man that had been there for 20-plus years, former LSU star catcher Mike Bianco. But they turned it around, finished strong, last team to get into the NCAA bracket field, and yet here they are, two wins away from winning a national championship. That's our poll question of the day. Who's going to win the College World Series? Right now, 57% of you say Oklahoma. 43% of you say Ole Miss. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming as well on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Oh, this gentleman I do believe is going to be happy this morning. He tried to convert everyone the other night at Buffalo Wild Wings. He brought the bandwagon forms. He even brought his own Custom New York Yankee napkins. Paul joins us now on RP3 and Company. Paul, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? You must be on cloud nine right now.
1: Woo, cloud 10. Glorious day. Woo, marvelous, my fellow Yankee guy. Woo! (laughs) No! I mean, what a game. Nail biter.
3: But it was a game that featured four three-run home runs, like four man. of them, man, and it was insane type of game.
1: It was so bad, I forgot to cook my cornbread and my rice. I, I'm i so busy, game almost broke my teeth. I mean, <laughs> I look at it, it's bottom of the night, crucial crucial moment. The arm shot of the man was clearly safe. The dirt was in the way, but
8: clearly safe,
1: but he pulled it out. Thanks to, it started with Stat Island, Staten Island, and all the way to Aaron Hicks. Boom, tie the game up. And then that man, Mr. MVP, sent it home. <sighs> Lord Jesus, Mr. MVP. You know what I do say, though, RP? We need a check number 44, Left field, the Alvarez, for roll. Oh, stop it. Man. Stop it. That's just that a man. big
3: old Cuban dude, man. He's just a big old that dude's Cuban dude. That's on that big
1: poppy. That big poppy. You on that big poppy, I'm telling you. Sooner or later, we're going to find out in his career. Later on, the man is on the juice.
3: This man's coming oh, with accusations. This man's coming with accusations already. And is at 730, is the- it's
1: 7.30. It's 7.30 on a Friday, exactly what bud. What people say about my Yankees, now that's accusations. Before I talk about who, you ready to sign that form?
3: I'm not going to sign that form. I'm loyal to my team, Paul. I'm a that's Braves fan. I was born a Braves fan. My grandfather taught. He showed me the game. Was raised on way. listening to the Braves okay, on the radio. That's my team, bud. I'm not going. I'm not going. Not going to jump on another team, bud. Not going to do it.
1: Take this out. I got two foot. Now, make How long you been a fan of them?
3: I, I, I'm 44. I'll be 44 in September. So my entire life.
1: Okay. Now you put 47 years in. It. That's right. And they really did. And they brought you more misery than smiles. So nobody, you, you paid to do, nobody's going to get mad at you all say you're a traitor because you come over to the winning side. Nobody will get mad. You <laughs> paid to do, I gave my forty sub years to it, so I can I can choose to go to a winner.
3: Hey, but no, time go. out, time out. I'm going to flip it on you. You ready for this? You ready? Okay. 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 Uh, you could have said the same thing about being a Yankees fan in the 80s when y'all wasted Don Maddenly and y'all couldn't do jack nothing until 1996. Now, that would have been almost 20 years of not having success. You didn't leave your team after that, did you? You didn't jump ship. You didn't go and go root for somebody else, did you?
1: Well, I already knew that we were winners, so I didn't have that to worry about it. We always strike gold. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm, yeah everybody knows this RFP, come on 27 What is this I believe you with down because we getting 28 this year glory
3: there it is oh but enjoy your weekend thank you for the phone call brother <laughs> the man is ready the man is ready to go ahead and add another another statue out there in Monument Plaza my, my man's ready to go he's ready to, number 28.
8: I'm not ready for Foot Show now, because he knows I'm gonna call back, and Foot's already gonna be fiery and angry. It's gonna be a bad Paul, day.
3: Paul is already rare to go. He's getting that. that that's what Paul. That, he just took his practice swings. That's what Paul just did. Yeah. He just he he got into got a, got a little BP action before he actually gets the game action, which will be on mm-hmm. Foot Show.
8: Will we probably text Foot and they have for a whole segment go back and forth? I would love that actually. Uh, A whole segment of Paul and Foot go back and forth in our gang yesterday.
4: That'd be fantastic.
3: That's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. Oh man. I love it. I love it. Gotta be passionate for your team. Gotta be passionate for your team. You're never gonna convert Foot. You're never gonna convert someone like me. Once you put 40 years in, that's it, man. That's it. That's it. You're a fan of that team, and that's it. It's not gonna change. It's not going to change. Look, as much as I hate my football team, or more particular, hate the owner of my football team for disgracing the football team and burying it into the ground, that's always going to be my team because that's the team I cheered for when I was a kid. That that never changes. That never leaves you. And, and Paul knows that. He started rooting for the Yankees when he was a kid. He never stops. He never stops. You pick a team and you ride with that team. At least if you're a certain age demographic. I, I, I tend to see the, the younger folks, they, they like to jump around and root for different teams or root for a player, which is a weird thing for me. And you root for a, What do you mean rooting for a player? I root for LeBron. What do you mean you root for LeBron? Why are you rooting for the individual? You should be rooting for the team. And now I know I sound like crotchety old man. Got to take a timeout. i <laughs> just saying it. Just saying, news came out of the recruiting world yesterday. Not a big surprise to yours truly, but we'll share it with you. I'll be coming up next right here on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This
2: is abruptly- There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team at Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and Company on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
3: welcome back to rp3 and company we're the type of show that inspires people to call not once but twice sometimes three times the limits twice but the man waiting patiently out on the game hotline says you know what i need to get my second phone call in before eight o'clock before eight o'clock it's Martin once again Martin, what's going on bud Martin's not there. <laughs> Martin was there. Oh, he's back. Martin, welcome back to the show, bud. It's been so long since we last talked to you. <laughs> Martin, Hello. Martin,
6: what's hey, up, man? Hey, okay, I didn't. I was in a bad area, but okay. This is my last call today. I gotta, I gotta set my buddy Paul straight, okay? So, okay. you want to talk about joining the winning side. Last time I checked, the Braves were the defending world champions, and the Braves had won 14 straight. So, stay right where you are, bald and beautiful one, okay? <laughs> and then, I'm, I, since I love horse racing, I'm going I'm to use this analogy. The Yankees remind me right now of that horse where they'd be uh, – who was the favorite in the Kentucky Derby to win? I can't remember his name. What was his name? I forget now. Do you remember? Okay. Well, anyway, that's the Yankees. They' out in front of the race right now, and whether and here comes the Astros. Whether it be the Astros, the Braves, or anybody, we're gonna call them Rich Strike. Okay, they coming from behind, and they're gonna end up winning the World so the, the Yankees are gonna run out of gas. Aaron Judge is going to get hurt like he always does because he's plastic, man, or like I call him flubber, man, because he's always hurt. He's going to go join the Mets, and the Yankees are going to be done because he's going to see. I'm not getting nowhere with the Yankees. So, but also I wanted to say I th- I think we need to introduce Paul to uh Salty Steve. I think they will get along real good since they're both Yankees fans. But... uh. But yeah, the Yankees are in the world series. So run out of a, gas. A, I don't know how many times I gotta tell them that. The, the horse, Martin, Martin,
3: Martin. The epicenter is the horse you're thinking of.
6: Yes, sir. Okay, there so go. the Yankees epicenter. They're in the front of the race right now, but very, very, very suddenly, the horse that's that's in the lead in the the first leg of. You know, the the first leg of the race, very seldom do they win. It's always a horse that comes from, like, in the pack somewhere that, that wins. But they're going to run out of gas, man. I'm convinced of it. Judge is going to get hurt. Stanton's going to get hurt. And then they're going to be back to the same old Yankees, just crashing and burning. But that's all I have to say. Stay strong. But last time I checked, the Braves were the World Series champion. This is their medicine season, and y'all have a good one. Go Red Sox.
3: Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin. The man's got enthusiasm. It's infectious. It's infectious type of enthusiasm. Their days, not going to lie to you, we appreciate Martin. You know why? Because Martin brings that enthusiasm. Sometimes we need a jolt of, you know, jolt in the arm around here. He gives it to us. Gives it to us. That's right. It is a medicine season for my Atlanta Braves. Or, as Foote likes to call it, a hammock season is what he likes to say. Remember, he, he, likes, he likes to say, I should just lay back in my hammock and enjoy the fact that we're the defending world champs, just lay in the hammock with not a care in the world, and don't wor- worry about anything. And I like that. I like that. I also like the fact that we're 41-30. and 30. Just like to point that out. And only four games back of the Mets. Mm. Yeah. There it is. So I was very appreciative of the Astros beating the Mets not once, but twice. And if the Strohs could go ahead and win a couple more of those games on this road trip when they wrap it up in Queens, I would be greatly appreciative of that as well. 41 and 30 just saying that's a heck of a hammock season and i'll take it all day long all right let's get to the big news that came out of the recruiting world yesterday which the grand scheme of things was it big arch manning does not hold a press conference there's not a big report not a big story he just announces on social media he's committed to texas This seemed like the most likely destination for him from jump for me. Steve Sarchezen was recruiting him when he was at Alabama. He developed a relationship with Arch four years ago. Four years ago. And I've always said this about the recruiting of Arch Manning. Texas makes the most sense, and here's why. He wants to make his own mark. It's the same thing Peyton did all those years ago. Archie is a beloved figure here in the state of Louisiana, but also in the state of Mississippi. Beloved. And the man is worshipped at Ole Miss. Peyton wanted to make his own mark. Cooper went to Ole Miss. He's the oldest. Now, Cooper, of course, never got to play because they unveiled during physicals his freshman year that he had a neck issue and that if he played football, he could be paralyzed. So, Cooper never played a down for Ole Miss. But Cooper was the oldest. He followed his dad's path to Oxford, Mississippi. Payton wanted to make his own mark, and that's why he went to Tennessee. Now, part of that was also because David Cutcliffe was at Tennessee. He developed a relationship with him as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and Payton was a Heisman finalist and then became the number one overall quarterback selected, and the rest is history. He's pro football Hall of Famer. Eli, brother number three, doesn't have the pressure of having to make his own mark. Then it becomes a bit nostalgic, so he goes to Ole Miss, and they have a great run with him at Ole Miss. I think they won 10 games one year and brought Ole Miss some respectability back and he was hailed as the the hero to help return Ole Miss to relevance but here's Arch Arch wants to make his own mark and the narrative that's been developing out there for the last eight months is that Arch is not even the best quarterback in his own state and there's debates on whether or not not only in circles with recruiting folks, but coaches will tell you if it if he didn't have Manning on the back of his jersey, we wouldn't be talking about him as much. Is that true? Maybe? I don't think Newman has a slew of skill position guys, especially last year, to be fair to Arch. But you know some people say Walker Howard is better than Arch or that Holstein is better than Arch, okay? So here's an opportunity for him to leave the state, not go to Ole Miss, not go to Tennessee, not even go to the SEC, because here's the other part of that. Florida, Georgia, and and Alabama were all in the mix for Arch Manning. If you go to Georgia, they just won a national championship. They got two five-star quarterbacks already on the roster and a four. So you're going to have to sit and wait. Oh, and in addition to that, you're going to be, it, 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 for Arch to go to Alabama or to go to Georgia in particular, it'd be like Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. So, you're, you're, just go, you're just joining the best program in the country. That's the easy route, right? Oh, I can go to Bama, I can go to Georgia. They always compete for national titles, SEC championships. I don't have to do anything. I'm, I may not even be the best player on my own team. So he doesn't go to Georgia and doesn't go to Alabama, and I didn't think he would. Florida made a good pitch late. I've been told that Billy Napier recruited him extremely well, and they liked Billy, and they liked the idea of going to to Florida. But ultimately, they decided, Arch decided he didn't want to be in the SEC. To start his career, because obviously Texas is going to join the SEC. But here's the thing, the bigger thing. He can go to Texas, and if he wins at Texas, if he's the guy that can turn Texas around from being a team that wins seven games and goes to the Alamo Bowl to a team that can actually compete for the college football playoff, I'm not talking national championships. I'm talking about just competing for getting into the college football playoff one year. he's going to be beloved by those Hook'em Horn fans over in Austin and throughout the state of Texas. And Texas has been down. He can go to Texas and turn, if Sart can put the pieces around him, he can be the guy that's going to be remembered as the kid that turned Texas around. Not joining the bandwagon of Georgia and Bama. He was never going to LSU. Sorry, that's a discussion we can have for another day. He can go to Texas with a guy that he trusts, a guy that recruited him starting four years ago. And if he can turn Texas around, he'll become a legend and make his own mark and not do it in the same conference that his dad, his uncles, and his grandfather did it in. So when that news came out yesterday, I was not a bit surprised. And shout out to him for doing it the day before media members start to descend on (laughs) Nichols for the Manning Passing Academy, which he's going to be at, of course. Go ahead and get this out of the way. Yeah, I'm committed. Thanks. Done. Could have done it at the Academy. Decided not to. Just saying. Got to take a timeout. Wrap up hour number two. Update the poll question of the day. That's all coming up next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: There's more to Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
3: Houston Astros head to the Bronx. They're already there. Lost last night, gut-punching fashion. Have a three-run lead heading to the ninth. You got your closer, your your very good closer, by the way, Ryan Presley. And he coughs up a three-run jack. And then they give up the game-winning hit to Aaron Judge, losing to the Yankees by one run. The two best teams in the American League will get back at it tonight, and you can listen to it live right here on The Game. First pitch is going to be at six ten once again. Astro launch with Robert Ford and Steve Sparks will begin at 5-35. So y'all have crunch time with Miguez and Mesh, an abbreviated version of that, but they're going to lead you right into Astro's pregame at 5-35. Then first pitch scheduled for six ten from the Bronx. That's Astro's at Yankees live right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. We asked you now that the College World Series Championship Series is set. Oklahoma, Ole Miss. Boomer Sooner versus Hottie Toddy. How's it going to go down? Who's going to win the College World Series? That begins on Saturday. Right now, 51% of you say Ole Miss. 49% say Oklahoma. Steve says, not Ole Miss. Pulling for another SEC team is like pulling for Martin to get out of the fourth grade. Both have never accomplished the feat as of yet. Oh, here's the saltiness. Here's the saltiness. I'm trying to bring people together, you two. Steve, I thought you said no salt Friday. I thought that was a thing. Isn't that the thing with Steve?
6: Uh it's supposed to be a thing, but he said he was foregoing that this week. Oh,
3: for Martin, oh wow. Wow. Come on. Uh, I actually agree with Steve, not about the thing about Martin in fourth grade. Because I'm not going to say I'm not, I'm not, that, I that's not me. I will say this. People ask me, RP3, hey, man, that team's playing for a national championship. It's from your conference. It's from your division. Hey, that team's playing for the Super Bowl. They're from your division. They're from your conference. You're going to root for them? The answer is always, always, it has always been this way and always will be, by the way. No. I root for my team. That's all I care about. I care about my team. I don't root for other people's teams. And I sure as heck don't root for teams that are in my division because that makes them my rival. Why would I root for my rival? Not going to happen. So I appreciate Steve's conviction there, saying he's not going to pull for Ole Miss. Ton on Twitter says, there's something to be said for a team that's got a day of rest. Ole Miss has had games how many days in a row? It's true. Boomer Sooner could be a little bit more rested. Dougie Fresh says, I have to give it to Oklahoma because they were sitting around the pool with umbrella drinks yesterday while the Rebels used up their ace. Rebels have to take the first game. That is going to be key. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming as well. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three coming right around the bend. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Everything going to be all
1: right
2: this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
3: Phone is blowing up. From Red Sox fans and Yankees fans texting me, messaging me on the Twitters. Y'all fired up, man. Fired up. I'll say this. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. By the way, let me get that out of the way first. The pleasantries, if you will. I'm Raymond Parch the Third, the big, bald, and beautiful one. I'm joined inside the studios by the tech wizard herself, producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. And the enthusiastic yelling you hear in the background is from Steve Wiley. My man's very excited. He's turned his birthday celebration into a whole week affair. Still riding high. Don't blame him. Man's got a lot of great energy. The intern is around here somewhere he's hiding. I'm not for sure. Maybe he feels like he did something wrong. We'll get to Daryl later. So, lots of baseball talk this morning as expected. I will say this. Yankees, Red Sox, I'm not getting involved with you all stuff. Y'all got mess. Y'all are messy. I get it. You hate each other. You hate each other. I get it. I understand. I don't care for my rivals either. If somebody out there was a Philadelphia Phillies fan, I'm going to pray for you first of all because you make poor decisions. But that being said, I'm not going to care for their team. And I stand by this. It bothers me to my core. SEC chant guy, talking to you this morning directly. I know you're listening on your radio dial or on the free game mobile app for Apple or Android devices. Why are you rooting for a conference? I don't root for conferences. I don't root for divisions. I don't root for districts. That's how I'm built. I root for my team. I don't root for players either, by the way. A lot of people out there root for players. had somebody tell me one time, I'll root for the player. I don't care about the team. What? It's a team game. It's a team sport. What do you mean you're not rooting? This isn't golf. This isn't golf. This isn't tennis. This isn't NASCAR. It's a team game played by multiple individuals. And if one guy doesn't do his job or one Gal doesn't do her job. The team does not win. It's a team game. Many of you believe that football is in fact not a team game, which infuriates me to no end. As if the quarterback does everything. It's not how football works. It's as if you've never played it or watched it. Team game. Football. Team game. Baseball. Team game. Basketball. Team game. Even though the NBA market itself is not a team game and it's become a global game because of that. It's a team game. I don't stop rooting for my team. I didn't stop rooting for the Braves when they were bad and horrendous for most of my childhood. I didn't stop rooting for them when my favorite player, my favorite player of all time is Dell Murphy. That was my hero growing up. That's who I wanted to be. I played right field just like he did in little league. It's who I wanted to be and when the Braves made the tough decision to part ways with Dale Murphy their two-time MVP and I had to go watch him end his career in a Phillies uniform in a Colorado Rockies uniform and finish two home runs shy of getting to the 400 home run club which is likely keeping him out of the Hall of Fame did that hurt yeah did I stop rooting for my team no no When Greg Maddox left to go back to pitch for the Chicago Cubs at the tail end of his career, did I stop rooting for the Braves? No. When Bobby Cox retired and Tom Glavin retired and John Smoltz retired and Chipper Jones retired, did I stop rooting for the Braves? No. No. You stick with your team through the ups and the downs. You don't jump off and go jump on a bandwagon. Shout out to Paul. It was a nice gag the other night at the birthday bash there at Buffalo Wild Wings. But I've never given up my team, man. That's my team. The team I fell in love with, the team I rooted for as a kid, it's the team I root for the rest of my life. That's my team. Not going to change. It's not going to happen. I root for one college team. That team is in the SEC. Any time another SEC team is playing for the playoff or playing for a national championship, do you know what I don't do? I don't root for them. Because they're not my team. Well, you got to have conference pride. Who says? Conferences change all the time. Teams are coming and going out of conferences all the time. The footprint of a conference is changing the last 20 years drastically. I don't have conference pride. I don't give two shakes of anything about a conference or a division I care about winning said division I care about winning said conference and I care about winning championships and about my team doing that plain and simple everything else is foolishness everything else is just foolishness you know what's not foolishness this show we're going to finish strong today not to worry NBA draft was last night Orlando Magic take the young power forward out of Duke instead instead of Jabari Smith out of Auburn Smith actually falls the three to Houston just falls right in their lap Rockets would later take Tari Eason out of LSU with the 17th overall pick they got a lot of length with those two guys Those two guys can flat-out ball, man. Rockets got themselves two good players. Oklahoma City was also immensely active. They already had two lottery picks to begin with. They end up getting a third as the Knicks are trying to free up salary cap space to go after Brunson with the Dallas Mavericks. So they forego a lottery pick and then traded Kimber Walker to Detroit to free up all this salary cap space so they could go out and make a run on Brunson. When the Knicks make decisions to make runs at free agents, it typically does not work. Does not work. Does not work. And then the Pelicans, they got themselves a mammoth. This guy's built like a power forward, but he plays guard just he's huge he's like six foot seven six foot eight Australian developed his game in the G League and that's what the G League should probably be utilized for moving forward I think that's what the NBA would like to do about that I am higher on Jabari Smith in the top of the draft others like Matt Miguez loves the young man from Duke And that's okay. I just think Smith's skill set fits perfectly in the modern NBA. That's just me. But Pels get their guy. Also pick up a couple second-rounders. But key for them, as reported by others like Christian Clark and Andrew Lopez and others, locking up the lottery, he takes the 15th roster spot for this team. What are they going to do with their two second-round picks they drafted? They have some roster decisions to make. We know Devontae Graham is someone they're more than likely going to part ways with. Can they find someone to trade him to? Maybe package one of the 17,000 second-round picks they have and send him to another team and get a future pick in return? Or are they going to be forced just to cut him? That could be a possibility. We already know they're thinking about trading Jackson Hayes. Do they do that before the season, or could they just keep him? So, I don't know. They Right now, if they sign their lottery pick, they don't have a spot for the other two guys they drafted last night. Now, they can probably stash him and put him in the G League. So, there's some roster decisions that are going to have to be made and some tough decisions that are going to have to be made with the New Orleans Pelicans. Of course, we'll talk more about that when Chris Connor from Boot Crew Media will join us coming up at 8.30 to recap the Pelicans' Hall from last night's draft and just talk about the draft overall. Of course, we also touched base on the Houston Astros losing. Blowing a three-run lead in the bottom of the ninth, Ryan Presley had one of those meltdowns that he likes to have once a year, essentially. And the bullpen betrayed the Strohs in a game that featured four three-run home runs, two by each team. Bregman does look good, though. Looks like he's starting to, you know, man, he he looks better and better every day. So even though it's a loss, even though you dropped the first game to right now, the Yankees who are playing as the best team in baseball, I still expect to see this series be competitive. They'll get back to action tonight. You can listen to that game live right here on the game, of course. 6 first pitch from the Bronx, the boogie down. Astro launch will begin at 5-35. 5 35 with Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. And, of course, we have our poll question of the day. It's all about the College World Series. It's now said Ole Miss uses their ace to pitch a gym to eliminate Arkansas and move on to the championship series. They're going to take on Oklahoma. Oklahoma trying to make history, become the first school to win the national championship in baseball and softball in the same season. That's never been done before. Ole Miss, meanwhile, looks to keep that Cinderella run going. Remember, they were the last team in the NCAA field. And now they're two wins away from winning a national championship. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Jamie, who has something to say about our poll question of the day. Jamie, what's on your mind, brother? Thank you for waiting.
5: Hey, good morning, Mr. Thur. Thanks for taking my call. I got a couple of things. First, I think that it's going to be Oklahoma. Um, Sorry, Ole Miss. Sorry, SEC. But, you know, I I think Oklahoma's just a better team. Now, I've been proven wrong in the past and, you know, the whole Cinderella story and whatnot, but I just don't see it happening. Of course, Ole Miss wasn't even supposed to be here, and here we are. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see i'm I'm excited. I think it's a good matchup. second um, I, I loved meeting all the different people the other night, especially uh, getting to meet uh, Mr. Paul and miss martin and uh, Mr. Paul, I just have this to say to you uh, to, to, to you, my friend, is that you know there's this thing called gravity, and gravity sucks. What goes up must come down and the Yankees are going to come down to Earth really quick, really soon. That's what they do in the back half of the seasons lately. Ooh. So, uh, you know, just keep your chin up. it will be all right. Uh, just remember the whole mantra: "There's always next season." So, uh, hey, anyway, bud, your you Lightning? Oh, no, 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 no. Hey,
3: no. Time out. Time out. What about your Tampa Bay Lightning?
5: Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to take the. Re- I'm going to take the blame for them losing the other night because I watched <laughs> the game and uh, so I'm not going to watch any of the rest of the games, and they're going to come back, and they're going to win 4-3, and it will be a glorious day when they do.
3: My man, my man. Appreciate the phone <laughs> call, brother. Glad you came out the other night. Enjoy your weekend, bud.
5: Y'all too. Y'all take care.
3: <laughs> Outstanding, say Plenty of great phone calls today. You know what? After kind of a lackluster week, you guys delivered. You out there listening right now, you stepped up to the plate and delivered with great comments on our poll questions and great phone calls. We had to really battle it out and pick this week's Game Changer of the Week. And that distinction, that title
2: goes to Chad. Here is this week's RP3 and Company game changer. Let's head
3: out to the hotline quickly. Bring on Chad to the show. Chad, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey,
5: RP3, you kind of said it, man. It might not be just the players; it's the coaches too. They're saying they might not have a spot next year because they're bringing in other players. Uh, A scholarship's only really a one-year scholarship. Especially, yeah. Over. I knew LSU was bringing in players next year, freshmen, if they don't get drafted coming in, and some of the players might think, and the coaches saying they might not have a spot because they might be starting next year be starting um so it's the coaches as well saying that they might not have a spot for you uh next year so it's just not it's just not the player wanting to transfer uh it also boils down to all the coaches as well saying they might not have a spot thank you
2: appreciate the phone call chad that was this week's rp3 and company game changer of the week
3: lots of great phone calls this week it was tough to decide but chad rose to the occasion rose to the occasion We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, it'll be time for some cashing tickets. That's right. Nick Fondo is going to join us. We're going to get betting advice for the USFL playoffs, the Stanley Cup finals, and the College World Series championship round. It's one of our favorite segments of the week. I know for a fact Salty Steve loves it. It's coming up next, right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: We supply the sports. The Buffalo Wings sir. up to you. Tell me what tired of having your pockets emptied out due to bad sports bets 20 hit me 21 hit me 22 listen up because it's time to take down some notes and get paid with advice from semi-pro gambler nick fontano i
0: get so nervous when i gamble i'm so silly
2: here is cashing tickets on 1037 the game acadiana's sports station simulcast on stadium 32.3
3: Nick, how much money did you make this past weekend, bud, betting on the uh, young Englishman who looks like he's 12 years old to win the U.S. Open? Uh,
9: I, I had Del Torres, man. I had it the whole way. That, that putt looked like it was going oh, on. Oh, it
2: did. I
9: thought I was going to a playoff and I was going to win some money and it just didn't happen. That was a great putt from Del Turis. I also think it was a great pick by me, even though it didn't win. But, uh, but no, I didn't make any money on Fitzpatrick. Oh, man.
3: All right. Let's get to the College World Series, because now we have our championship series set. Best two out of three wins. It begins Saturday night, 7 o'clock Eastern. Oklahoma feels like a team of destiny, Nick, right? They uh, got hot at the right time, marched through the regionals and super regionals as a road team, and have just been almost unbeatable during this postseason run. And they're trying to become... The first school to win the baseball national championship and the softball national championship in the same season. It's never been done. On the other side, there's Ole Miss, the last team to get into the actual NCAA field. They took the last spot. They were going to fire their coach in the middle of the season, yet here they are two wins away from a national championship. What's the betting line opening up for this College World Series national championship series, and how are you playing it?
9: I mean, you can almost argue that Ole Miss is a team of destiny as well. Like, both of these teams have, like, a destiny storyline of, you know, we're, doing, we're, we're playing with house money almost. And the betting line right now has Ole Miss as the favorite, minus 125. Yes, they were the last team in, but, man, they've been playing really well. And I remember I told you last week, Texas was my pick to win it. But you actually for a dark horse, and it was definitely Ole Miss. It's that playing with house money, nothing to lose mentality that I feel like they've had all week long. And I actually decided to put some money on Ole Miss this whole way through in every game. And so I've uh, I've won a little bit with Ole Miss. So right now I- I'm going to stick with them. Minus 125 to win the series. Uh, Ole Miss, I think that's, that's where the money should be. They are the last team in, but right now I think they're playing the best baseball. And I, and, and I think if you really think about it, they just had a bad season, right? I, I, we, we thought they were talented. They just had some struggles. And once they got in, they decided to turn it on. I think they're going to win it all. Take Ole Miss minus 125.
3: Going with the Rebels to win it all. All right, give us some interesting side bets for the College World Series. What's out there? If if I don't know what I'm doing, and I just know I want to bet on Ole Miss, but while I'm there at the sports book, what are some other things I can bet on for the College World Series?
9: Well, so there's not a whole lot of side bets to bet on, on, on the College World Series simply because it's one of those sports where – I think Vegas is still thinking there may be a chance for some illegal activity to creep in. And those players are not uh, well taken care of as much as, say, a football or basketball team may be. And so they're not offering a whole lot of side bets. You can't bet on somebody to get a hit, or you can't bet on somebody to get pitches. Now, you can't bet over on over-under runs on individual games. So I think this, this series is going to go three. So whoever wins Game One, I'm going to put a lot of money on the loser of Game One to win Game Two. So I don't know who that's going to be, but I think this game to, this series is going to go three. So you can look at the uh, look at the, the Game One. Whoever wins that game, I think it's going to be Ole Miss. I might actually throw some money on Arkansas to I mean, on Oklahoma to win Game Two, and then see what happens in Game Three. So that's kind of something that you can be looking into. But as far as like side wagers or profits, they're really not offering anything on a, on the College World Series.
3: All right, bud, let's step away from the College World Series and let's look at the Stanley Cup Finals. Man, Avalanche, they sure do look like they're the team, right? Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time defending champs. Uh, They got their work cut out for them. How are you betting game five?
9: The Avalanche look really good. I mean, I think they've been the best team all year long, and I was kind of hoping – I don't want to say hoping, but kind of thinking that 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 championship pedigree at Tampa Bay – would creep through And the series is not over. And 3-1, coming back from 3-1, happens a lot more frequently in hockey than it does in basketball and baseball. So the Lightning are not exactly out of it. But I think the Avalanche is too good. What I'm going to be betting is, I'm going to be betting the under. The under in the next game is five and a half goals. I think it's going, be, it's going to be tight games. Now, they've been scoring a lot of goals in this series. they had a 7-0 game in game two. And every game has been pretty high scoring. But I think it's going to stay under because I don't think Kevin Bay is going to go out without a fight. And I think the goaltender, they have a really good goaltender. I think he's going to come in and, and play well. So I like the under in, in the rest of the game. If, it goes, if, it, if the series ends in five, I like the under. If it goes six or seven, I like the under in every game. I think it's going to be some 2-1, some 3-2 type of games. And they're all going to be five, five and a half. So I think you can make a little bit of money. However long this series lasts, you can make some money betting unders.
3: Betting unders. But if you had to place money right now, do you think they get it done in game five, or do you think this goes lightning because of their experience, they can push it to game six or seven?
9: Man, that's that's, that's tough. I, I think I think it's going to end in five because the game's in Colorado, right? Game, or the game's in Denver. So I, I, think, I think the Avalanche are going to get it done. I think they're just too good. And as much as I like the lightning and their, you know, like they said, their pedigree, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, I thought they were going to get it done and win three in a row the avalanche are a really really good team and i think that's going to be too much for him to overcome so i do think that it's going to end in five but i don't think it's going to it's going to be like a, a blowout game i think the lightning are going to fight i think it's going to be a 2-1 it might be going to overtime but i think the ask get it done
3: we're talking with nick fano he's semi-pro gambler a man who likes to have a little extra scratch in his back pocket on the weekend who doesn't he joins us here on rp3 and company for cash and tickets all right bud Let's do USFL playoffs. The breakers are in the playoffs. There we go. As we all predicted, as you laid that money on the very first week of the season, you knew this before anyone else. How are you betting? Or what are the betting lines for the USFL playoffs that are going to be played in front of no one? And how are you betting them?
9: You're not joking. I accidentally stumbled. On one of these games, I mean, it's it's literally no one. You're not just saying like you know you, you look at an Oakland A's game and you're like, oh, they're playing in front of no one, and they actually have like five thousand people. That, that's not the case. There's nobody at these games. I mean, there's zero attendees. I don't even think these players' families are going. I don't, going the and, and, and I, I don't, I don't know if it's it's
3: like pandemic reasons or just no one showing up. I no one's been able to explain it to me yet. But continue. Yeah, sorry. it's
9: unbelievable. Yeah, these these games are unattended. And uh, I think for the most part, unwatched. But we're gonna we're gonna tune in a little bit because we're gonna have a little bit of cash on the game. That's that's what this is all about. And so I'm definitely taking the Breakers. They're, they're plus five. The money line is one seventy five. I'm rolling with the money line. The Breakers are taking on the Birmingham style. Even though the Birmingham is the home team. But Ray, it doesn't matter. Nobody goes to the game. There's no home field advantage. The Birmingham style. That yeah, doesn't even matter. Like nobody's going. So the home field advantage doesn't matter. Let's take the Breakers plus one seventy five in the other game. New Jersey taking on Philadelphia? No clue. I, I, I don't know anything about any of these teams. Honestly, I don't know anything about the USFL. I found out the playoffs were happening five minutes ago. So we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're going to go Breakers. We're going to go Generals at minus 200. Get a, little, get a nice little parlay right there. Let's see what that is. Breakers, Generals on the parlay. You can get, that'll give you a, a plus 312 on the parlay. So Breakers, Generals, Parlay. Let's win some money right like that. Plus 300 on the parlay. Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) USFL championship for the Breakers.
3: Can't wait to get the championship t-shirt, bud. Yeah, now I'm all in. I'm all in on this. All in. All in. Appreciate your time, brother. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you next week, bud. All right, man. See ya. (laughs) we got to take a timeout. But before we do, look, we know you're gearing up for the fall. We know you love to entertain at the casa, right? At your home. You like to do it maybe in the big man cave area or outdoor living space. You got the big TV set up, the whole nine yards. But why not take that to another level? You need to go reach out to my friends at Lafayette Marble and Granite. Because look, they are the South's largest cultural marble factory and they pride themselves on earning your business. They provide show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms. You already knew that, but they can take your man cave. They can take your outdoor living space to another level and help your home become the envy of the neighborhood during game days. Go visit their website, LMGElite.com. Today, that's LMGelite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and the great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Visit LMGelite.com or simply stop by their showroom, located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Lafayette, Marble & Granite, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it they will. we got to take a time out. When we return here in RP3 and Company, we'll recap the draft and talk about exactly what the new orleans pelicans did last night are those players good fits did they reach did they not reach with chris connor of boot crew media will be joining us coming up live next right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros
2: Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
3: Oh, the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you're going to have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou. Fine dining, great steaks, choice cuts of meat cooked to perfection for you. They even have a cigar room. Also, if you want something a little bit more casual, You can also score a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. More comfort food, sandwiches, burgers, fries. They have enormous cheese sticks. You've never seen fried cheese that that size before. Also in the clubhouse, $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, Fresh Gulf Seafood. We want to help you out with your date night. But we can only do that. We can only help you if you help yourself by going sign up for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Who do you got for the College World Series? It begins on Saturday, Oklahoma, Ole Miss. Get those votes in. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll finalize the poll question of the day coming up before we sign off at 9 o'clock. But right now it's time for us to talk NBA draft. Pelicans sure does seem like they got their guy. He's a big fella, too, playing the guard. What do we make of that selection? What do we make of the two second-rounders? Do they even have spot on the roster for him? What are they going to do with Devontae Graham and Jackson Hayes? And just overall thoughts on the NBA draft. Our next guest is going to shine some light on that. He's a man from Boot Crew Media, Saints Canal Street Chronicles. Chris Conner now joins us here on RP3 and Company. Chris, good morning to you, brother. I know it was a late night, my friend. I appreciate you waking up early and uh, joining us here.
8: Good morning, man. Uh, man, I'm happy to be on. It, it was a, a really, really fun night. It was good to watch uh, anything resembling basketball again after, you know the you know, the finals. Just, you know, the finals coming and going, and you know, now, you know, you got to you can look forward to the summer league and kind of take things from that, man. But, you know, great draft, great Pelicans draft. and Once again, happy to be on. Well,
3: appreciate you coming back on with us, bro. All right, let, let's start just overall with the draft. Um, I was a little surprised. I thought Jabari Smith was going to go number one overall. Uh, they went with the young man from Duke, and Jabari falls to Houston – well, the Rockets have to be thrilled this morning, right? That their guy, a guy they probably didn't think they were going to be able to two draft, falls to them all the way to three.
8: Yeah, you know, absolutely, man. I mean, um, you know, it kind of, you know, if you were if you were, up, you know, late early into the into the morning yesterday, um, you know, you kind of saw that Vegas was first on this, and you know, they kind of, you know. Showed, showed their hand, and people was saying, you know, man, what you know, what does Vegas know that everyone else doesn't know? It was, it was clear, or it seemed that Jabari could be the pick, and then was ended up uh, tweeting uh, late in the morning that, you know, based off of what you know, get gathered or you know, that Jabari was still going to be the number one all pick. That changed again, and then of course, you know, the magic you know ended up going with Apollo, So it was definitely a surprise, but. I mean, look. I mean, if we're talking about talent, if we're talking about potential, you know, I mean, to me, you know, my opinion, I think you can you can make an argument for multiple guys. Um, it's just, I would say it's more so going to be about fit at the end of the day. And if you're Orlando and you have, for, you know, Jonathan Isaac, for example, who can, you know, play, you know, a lot of his time at the power four position. You know, maybe, you know, you feel you need someone who's going to be, you know, relegated as more of a center. And at that point, it comes down to if you're going to choose Chet, Apollo. Apollo seems to be, more, you know, from a body body perspective, a little bit more ready day one than, you know, than Chet. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't say I thought Jabari was going to be, was going to be the pick. If I had to say who I thought was the best, who I think is going to be the best overall player, just today, Jabari by a hair was probably it. But I mean, again, I you know I think no. If you went, you could have went with multiple guys in, in that first overall pick from a talent perspective, and I would I would have understood.
3: What'd you make of what Oklahoma City did, Bud? They had two lottery picks to begin. They end up getting a third, and we'll get to whatever the Knicks are doing. Um, but what did you make of Oklahoma City and what they were able to do during this uh, this massive rebuild that's now entering year two?
8: Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I'm just curious to see, or you know, or to know, like what their overall plan is. Uh, you know, how does Shea Gilchrist Alexander fit into it? You know, do they do they are they going to be looking to move him soon to around? You know, whether it be Chet Holgrim or you know if you know if if Usman Jang ends up ends up uh, you know reaching the potential that so many in the Pelicans community were interested in or you know, and maybe it's someone else that we're not doing really considering or thinking about right now. So I mean, I you know, it's just I I mean, but I love what they did from a potential perspective. They can be really skinny, you know. But I I enjoy Chet Holmgren's his potential on the floor, and I like his demeanor, man. You know, and I think that you know, at worst, you know, when you're talking about someone that has you know that has talent, you know, is, uh, flaws and all. Their mind is right if they believe that they're gonna be great, you know. Who are any of us to tell them that they won't? And you know, I think he's a, you know, he's someone who welcomed going to Oklahoma City. I don't know what the rest of their roster is gonna, you know, it's gonna look like, and what's the plan gonna be long term? But you know, I think that they that they were able to grab someone that, you know, they they were able to grab multiple multiple people that they think, and even later on, I think they, you know, they end up grabbing. Uh, I think Jalen Jalen Williams later on, and I think the beginning of the second round, they just had a really good day, and I think they're setting themselves up. Hopefully, this is the you know, a situation where um, it turns into them winning. They but they have a lot of young guys. I hope they're able to develop them all at once. or Someone makes a leap quicker than or sooner rather than later.
3: We're talking with Chris Connor, Boot Crew Media, Canal Street Chronicles. He joins us here talking the NBA draft, talking pills on RP3 and company. All right, let's talk about the Knicks because always watching their fans, especially their very famous ones, uh, just uh, go through emotional uh, – <laughs> go through all of the range of emotions. So what are, what's the Knicks philosophy? Because you get rid of the lottery pick and you trade Kimba – to free up salary is it all just to try to go get Brunson and is he the missing piece for the
4: Knicks
8: no I I I think this is deeper than Brunson man I you know I think they're um they're going to be looking to uh, see what happens with Kyrie Kevin Durant you know one or the other I, I think that that's that's going to go and Kyrie would probably be uh I think the more attainable piece I don't think that Knicks have enough right now for you know if even Kevin Durant signed off, that would be enough to build a team. But at at his age, for them to be able to do something um, in regards to trying to compete for the championship. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean Brunson Br- Br- could be could be a backup plan. But if I had to guess, you know, building that kind of money, knowing how, you know, no matter what you think about. Kyrie the individual or, you know, how many how many games you expect them to play a year. You know, the Knicks were very interested in Kyrie just a just a few years ago. Um, you know, I think that, that would that would be someone that they're preparing themselves for. I still don't necessarily get it. You know, I you know, I think there was some value that they could have been able to um, you know, take advantage of there during the draft, but you know, they you know, they also young guys that you know they can be excited about, you know, uh, you know, RJ Barrett is going into year four. You have to see what happens there. Uh, you know, Jericho Sims, uh, you know, from you know, their big man that they drafted a year ago. I think he's going to be a very interesting guy to keep your to keep your eye on. But hey man, you know, Nick's gotta find a way to do his work, man. You know, they you know they they've had draft picks Either not work or leave town. From you know, Przingis to Nillikina to LaQuinta uh, to you know Mitchell Robinson. Next, I I don't know what the Knicks are doing, but I um, I mean I I can't tell you that I'm not smiling about it.
3: Chris, let's focus on the Pelicans. They got a big fella from Australia. He's built like a post player. He plays the point guard position or guard position rather. Uh, what do you make of uh, their pick that they selected there at number eight?
8: You know, you know, I love it, man. Um, you know, and what's interesting is that it, it just it 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 feels like it make it made the most sense. It wasn't a surprise. You know, a lot of mock drafts had Dyson going there. You know, so you know, so even if you if you believe Dyson is going to be uh, if he has you know potential and he's not a safe pick, it was like a safe pick because it's, it's a name you've been hearing for so long. But I mean, I, you know, I, um, there have been guys in the, in the Pelicans media, you know, on Twitter that's been talking about Dyson for a bunch. Uh, he was, I think, I, I first started to really uh, watch and see a little bit about him right after the draft lottery. He immediately was the guy that I was interested in, you know that I would pick if he was available, you know. Um, I mean, ironically, man, you know, he he kind of uh, reminds me of, uh, you know, the way that the Dyson Daniels pick dropped was similar to, you know, the pick of Chris Olave. It just it, every it was a it was a pick that a lot of people in the community wanted, and a lot of a lot of outsiders pegged or, or, or said that made sense for New Orleans. So, but Dyson, man, I mean, I you know, I, I think that you know he gives this team something right away that. Um, if they need him from a point guard position, you automatically get sized. So, you know, when you're looking at what's available with, with Devontae Graham, Jose Alvarado, CJ McCollum, you're pretty small. You needed another, you needed another guard, um, whether he plays right away or not, that, you know, can defend larger wings. So, number one, you're not putting so much on Herb Jones depending on the matchup. You needed someone that uh, could, you know, just... I guess elevate what you have in your, you know, in your backcourt, and you know when you look at what they're building, it's so many different individuals that are six, seven, six, eight, that, that's giving you the opportunity to uh, be completely flexible on a basketball floor. Dyson seems to fit that line of thinking, and it shows a team that for the first time, man, that you know, in a very, you know, maybe ever since they've been in the Orleans, they're building like a program. They're building guys that fit their mold, right? The Pelicans have a double mold. They have a system. They have a, you know, to say, all right, this is what we want out of an individual. You know, we need you to be, we want you to be smart on the floor. We want you to be aggressive defensively. We know, you know, we'll worry about the upside. If you have a shot that isn't that isn't necessarily 100% right today, it doesn't worry, you know, or, or we won't worry about it because we have, we have guys in, you know, in, uh, in-house. uh, We have a particular guy in, in-house that has been proven to be able to help him fix these things. But I love Dyson, man. I love his mentality. I love his mindset. I love his game. Um, I think that there's some offensive potential there that talked about enough. And, um, you know, he's going to be someone who fits. And uh, I think Pelicans fans are going to love this guy, how he fits around some of the superstar talent they have already.
3: Chris, appreciate your time as always. Brother, can't wait to have you back on. Enjoy your weekend and keep up the great stuff. Tell the people how they can follow you on social media and where to go to get all your stuff, man.
8: You guys can follow me on on Twitter at Impatient Bull. Uh follow follow the Bull Crew Media team. Follow Propel's Talk. Um if you know about the spaces late night, normally after games, after events, we always do that. And um, you know, we'll put together, you know, some more YouTube content and some shows upcoming. Appreciate you having me on
3: again, man. It's good talking to you, bud. Enjoy your weekend. That's Chris Connor Boo Crew Media, Canal Street Chronicles. We got to take a timeout, wrap up today's show, get you set up for footnotes and Kevin Foote. It will not be a glorious Friday morning. That's coming up next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros
2: great news my sports loving friend no more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right that's because you've already found the perfect match for sports talk love that is now back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and, and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
3: I wonder if I can request to have Pantera played on stage during the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame ceremony tomorrow night. <laughs> if i'm ever inducted into a hall of fame i'm gonna request that music to be played up and i'm gonna do the slow walk all the way up just let it play as much as possible i want to take a moment to thank all of our guests today james yasko from the lean time time podcast nick Fondo, our buddy with cashing tickets and of course chris connor from boot crew media had a great show great phone calls tremendous week thanks once again to all of you out there listening seriously We couldn't do this without you. Appreciate you guys coming out for the birthday bash at Buffalo Wild Wings. But also, look, appreciate you guys listening, calling, interacting with us on social media, everything. Appreciate you making us part of y'all's lives. Truly appreciate it. Final poll question of the week. We asked you who will win the College World Series, which begins Saturday. 58% of you say Ole Miss. 42% say Oklahoma. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parrish III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again on Monday, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there, be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and a non-glorious edition of Footnotes is up next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.